Welcome back to a delayed, but still, um, new episode of the Romans Empire podcast. This is number 28, and for the first time ever, we are not in the same room together. We're doing this remotely. Aren't... Remotely. This is uh, some high-tech stuff here, guys. This is the 21st century at its yes. finest. We are using some random app with a free seven-day trial, so... <laughs> So yeah, it's costing us a lot of money. It, this, yeah, this you know we'll we'll gladly take donations. I'll start a GoFundMe page. Uh, the app costs forty dollars, so if we can uh, do some crowdsourcing and get the app, we can do this more often. You know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's forty dollars. That's a lot of money for two guys who don't make any money off podcasts. You know. It definitely is. So, um, really quick, um, we're sorry we didn't get the record on Monday and post on Monday like we normally do, um. We had some technical difficulties. Yeah, we, we actually did, recorded we, we record. <laughs> the whole episode. We recorded like a full hour and a half episode. We looked at each other. We we're like, dude, this is the best episode ever. And <laughs> you said it that just, it was the best episode ever. And now no one will know. I guess that actually, it's the best episode ever. Yeah, people will not listen to an actually good episode of this show. Hey, ever. well, this is our second run in, and we have updated our script. And included the Norwich match, which we'll get into later. Um, mm -hmm. But before we do, I just want to have a quick shout out to Joseph at, at the Balls to the Wall podcast. Um, he actually reached out to us, or me actually, and uh, yeah, asked me to be a guest on his pod. And uh, he's a full Premier League podcast. This guy's really knowledgeable. He's from Austin, Texas. So um, shout out to another great American soccer podcast. You we definitely say. need more of those. I think if I think if American soccer podcasts, I, th I think American soccer podcasts would have had a better chance to make the World Cup. I'm not oh, even gonna yeah, lie. For sure. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, we'd make the World Cup of podcasts. The Trinidad's <laughs> wouldn't be giving giving us a beatdown, would they? But uh, anyways, shout out, shout out to Joseph. He's a great guy. Me and him actually talked uh for about two hours. The podcast is only an hour though. Don't worry. Um, but yeah, go follow him on Twitter at b2. TW pod. Um, again, it's B2TW pod. Again, he's, he's awesome. And, uh, thank you, Joseph, for having us. And we're, and we're glad to have you as a guest when we play City because he is a City fan. Um, but not a very biased one, which is always a good thing. Yeah. So anyway, Sam, let's talk about some fucking football nonsense. Yeah. Cause yeah? The last time we recorded was last Monday. So there's been three matches since then. So we got a lot to talk about. Three thrillers. <laughs> Yeah, right? Definitely. I yeah. Mean, you started off last episode with a yawn, and uh, I, I, I forgot to start off this one with the yawn. I was supposed hey, to do that. The but, first uh, run, the first yeah. time we recorded this episode, we did. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's a, if you guys are listening now, just imagine I yawned at the beginning of the episode. Because so, it, was, it was some, some boring games. We had three straight in a row, ending nil-nil. Um, first time in club history. Which uh, is not necessarily... A, you know, there's always a silver lining. That means three straight, uh, three straight clean sheets. So that's nice. But uh, you know, just not some exciting soccer. So the first one uh, was uh, against Arsenal this past Wednesday, right? Yep. First leg of the Carabao. And uh, you know, this this was the second week in a row that we had played them. Um, and the lineup we had Tebow and goal, Aspie Christensen. And uh, Rudiger in the back, and then as well as Conte, Sesk, Drinkwater as uh, three midfielders, uh, Victor Moses and Alonso as the wingbacks, and uh, of course up top the two, Hazard and Morata, 
you know, a couple couple weeks ago we were calling that duo like fantastic, but now it's been pretty dull as of late, right? Yeah, I think the I think the word to describe it would be toothless, right? Toothless. We just yeah. we just lack that killer bite. No pun intended. Like we we do not have any punch in our attack. We don't have any penetration whatsoever. Um and you know, as a result, we've we've had three nil nil draws. Um but you know, I, I think it just begs the question, like Antonio Conte alluded to it in his press conference after, you know, he said something along the lines of we tried to win, we created chances to score, but we just weren't being clinical enough. Now, was it just as simple as a lack of scoring our opportunities, or were our opportunities not quality enough? Were they just I, I a bunch of half chances? It's the latter for sure. I mean we have you look at the stats, 21 shots only, 6 on target. Um, you need to be creating better chances. I mean, you're taking a lot of uh, shots that are outside of the box and a couple, you know, a lot of shanks. And, you know, the only real, like, person making plays for us is Aspie, which is, like, insane when you think about, you know, our best playmakers, our center back, and right now our best goal, best goal scorer is our wing back. So, I mean... Um, this it's just a lot of things just not going right. I think that Conte kind of hoped would go right, and you know it's just some he's not he's not making many changes. You know, so uh, it's, it's no, kind no. Of more of the same. Yeah, it's uh it's very unfortunate. You know, it is our fourth meeting of the season with them, right? And we drew with them three times. Um, Wenger pretty much used the same exact tactics against us all four times. Putting uh putting three uh playing a three four three with uh two um inside forwards playing up top um the 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 front three for Arsenal as well was pressing our back line and it seems to work like it made us very uncomfortable um in possession but you know Conte just opts to go with this three five two all the time and I don't think at home it's the right tactic. I don't think we should be playing on the counterattack or playing defensive at home. I think we should be going after teams, especially a team that was very wounded. Like, you know, they did not have, they did not field their best 11. I don't even, even yeah. Yeah. And some could argue that they didn't even field their second best 11, you know, like it's just, it's, it's very, very disappointing that, you know, we put out our absolute strongest side at home in a cup match. And we just didn't seem as sharp as you're supposed to be in those situations. Well, you, you said we, we put out our best 11. That this lineup included Drinkwater in there. Are you, are you like, implicitly saying that Drinkwater is our best 11, like, including him in the lineup? Or Well, right now, at this point in time, we, we have Ross Barkley, who hasn't played for us yet. I think eventually our strongest 11 will have Ross Barkley in it one way or another just for attacking purposes whether that's in a 3-4-3 or a 3-5-2 who knows but as of now until we until we you know uh, find a way to integrate Ross Barkley and get him you know used to our system and the way we play i think the 3-4-3 is the best option with Hazard on one on one wing and and either one of Pedro or William on the other i like Drinkwater and Conte next to each other i mean they they want a fucking league title together like it's it's nice to see them together I mean, after especially after today's game uh, against Norwich, like you really see that uh, when we have uh, 
Pedro and William out there together, they really do create a lot of chances to score. Every, I mean, I mean, we'll dive into the game later, but everything we created today was Pedro and William, except for the the Bacuai goal. But, uh-huh. but 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 we'll get to that later. Yeah. Um. So uh, let's go. Going back to this uh, Arsenal game because we did have a lot of chances, and uh, you know, I mean, we we talked about it last episode about um, extending Christensen. You know, he's he's been playing amazing this year. Um. Definitely the talk of the of the Premier League as far as youngsters go, um, but I mean, my lord, can the boy just head the damn ball? I mean, he had two chances. You know, a center back, you need to have that kind of the goal scoring with your head off corners in your arsenal. Uh, no pun intended. You know, especially especially that second one. I mean, maybe we're spoiled with you know the likes of JT and Gary Cahill and Bronny Slavivanovic. Um, in our past, I think we are spoiled, but still, come on, man. Like, you know, it's not the first time this season that he should have scored off a corner either, um, a header. I mean, am I, am I expecting too much from him? No, I, I don't think you're asking a lot. I, look, I think the problem with Christensen on corner kicks, and you know, like, this is being really nitpicky, right? Because this is probably the only thing in his game that is obvious, that that obviously needs work. But at least hit the target. Like, you know, get the ball on frame, force the keeper to make a save. You know, you never know. He might make a mistake parrying it out. He might, uh, he, you know, he might not catch it. He might drop it or fumble it in the middle. Like, is things happen, right? Like, no, just no, no. put the damn ball on frame. Like, that's, that's just my main, that's my main criticism. But no, it's not something I lost sleep over. After, after the final whistle blew, I didn't say, ah, oh, man. Christensen should have won us the game. No, that that wasn't what I was thinking at all. I, I thought the whole team was lackluster at best. I think, and, yeah, we talked a little bit about drink water as well. Um, he he did not play very well. Um, they brought in William. no. He looked he looked lost. Yeah, I mean, he, I, I think that should be expected when he's he's actually he's been playing a little bit. I mean, he's, he's been playing quite a lot lately, and um, you know, he's not the type of player that we expect to be consistent every game. But you know. Then what do you think I, about? Um, I'd argue against that, Sam. Really? I, I, yeah. I look. So you, you go after. You buy a forty million pound, twenty seven year old center midfielder who won the league title before. You expect him to jump to to to, you know, enter the squad I don't and know. hit the ground running. When I like, think when I think of an elite uh, club team in in the world, you don't think that Danny Drinkwater is one of the starting center. I mean center center fielders you know no no but i think i think that's a conversation that 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 needs to be had on another day like Uh i still think he has qualities that he could offer us like his range of passing and just like his veteran presence but yeah well so we'll table that discussion for later but yeah but i think but i think the decision to take him off was the right one um he brought in william but um he brought him in as a center center mid i mean like what what's the deal of with that you know like he's He's playing as a midfielder. I mean, he's just—is he like that afraid to go back to the three-four-three? And um, you know, he just wants to. And then, I, I don't know. What do you what do you think about that decision? It kind of—it it was kind of reminiscent of the uh, the Mourinho season when he got fired and Gus Hitting, when William won Player of the Year and Gus Hitting opted to play William at the number ten. That's kind of what it reminded me of, and I honestly think that's what Antonio Conte was going for. Mm-hmm. Um. Whether or not it works in a 3-5-2, the jury's still out. For me, look, 
Lillian has this unique ability, and we talked about it before, where he dips his shoulder, he wiggles his foot over the ball, and you blink your eyes, and he's two steps ahead of a defender. That's when that's when he's at his best. And I don't think having Lillian occupy the middle of the pitch is having him at his best. No, I think he needs to be out wide, beating defenders, getting a step or two around the 18-yard box and just clipping balls in across the penalty area. That's when Lillian's at his best. Um, obviously, he could cut inside, but no, I... Look, I, I, I don't, I don't even know if it was an, if it was intentional for Conte to put Willie in there. I think, you know, he might have been going three four three, but, you know, just told Willian to play a little central defensively. And the, the, the problem was we couldn't advance the ball in the attack towards the end of the game. And I just think Willian just got stuck in the middle. It was kind of like quicksand. It's just, it's just something that's, you know, irritating, especially when you watch a game like that, where, I mean, we just. I know I keep alluding to it, but we had just had so much more quality than we did. And you know, I can't really I I have like something written in my script from when we recorded on Monday. Um, you know, about going into this game today, um basically possibly calling up Callum Hudson Odoi, um, just because of the possibility of losing Mishi and um, you know, Murata's lack of confidence because he's been playing really well for um our division I mean, our developmental squad, um, you know, this past Saturday he scored a hat trick uh, against Sunderland. And, you know, I mean, I think that, I mean, what do you think? Is, is it is it time for us if if this Mishi transfer goes through and we don't get um, Andy Carroll, who's your favorite, of course, um, is, it a, is it a good <laughs> he, idea for uh, us to call on him? I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. <laughs> or, or we're gonna Could do, I say it? We're going to do the, the, the Andy Carroll bit. You You should save that for the transfer talk. We'll we'll save it for the transfer talk. Okay, but 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 just I mean he's a shithead. Like, and I said it on Monday too, and that was the first word that popped into my head is he's a shithead. I don't want him anywhere near the club. I'm like I'm not going to root against a guy like that if he ever comes in, because I'd never root against Chelsea players. I never boo them. I never. I'm not one of those jeer boys that just you know sits on the corner and frowns when we sign players. But give me a fucking break. He's a shithead. Anyways. Uh, Cal- Callum Hudson Odoi, like, look, the-, the kid obviously has talent, and he's very, very similar to what Tammy Abraham did um, at the youth ranks, where he's just bagging balls for fun. Um, and then Dominic Solanke, even before that, um, whether or not he makes that break into the first team, like, the jury's still out on that too. But it's just a matter of like, if we give him an opportunity. And I thought the opportunity already came and passed in the earlier FA Cup matches and Carabao Cup matches. I think now, um, especially with us advancing today against Norwich, like we're going to start facing more Premier League opposition in the later rounds of this tournament. And I don't know if making that jump from the developmental squad to playing a Cup match against the Premier League side is going to be the greatest idea ever because, I mean, it's just a whole new ball game. And we know, and I know it's cheesy, but you know that saying, it's the magic of the FA Cup. You know, teams, the lower teams show up to those matches because that's the only time for them to really win a trophy for the season. Yeah, and, and that's the time when they make a name for themselves. Exactly, they're put on TV, they're, you know, they get recognition, and you, know, you don't get that very much in the championship. Uh, exactly, and I just think it's kind of putting him on the firing line and setting him up for failure if we throw him in at this point. I think if we ever play a shitty Premier League team, Kind of like this weekend against Brighton, who has been struggling as of late. Um, I, I think having him on the bench and just playing him the last 10, 15 minutes just so he could get used to the physicality would be a good thing. 
Um, you got any final takes uh, for this game? Any final points? Uh, yeah, fuck Arsenal. All I have to say is I bet Arsenal fans and you know, the team in general, they're just up in arms about this result. I don't know if they expected uh, this result. Oh, it, it, it's a home run for them. Yeah, even a, a draw um, with no goal scored. I mean, it's that's really, really good for them. Um, we should have scored a bunch oh. of different chances, but... We should have, and I think... And, and we should talk about another game where we should have scored a bunch of our chances, even, in my opinion, more so than the Arsenal match. I can't keep track of um, that, but uh, which one are you referring to? Chelsea, <laughs> nil. Leicester, nil. Now, I tweeted in the middle of this match, um, bring Michi on and just fucking go 4-4-2 and go for it. And within 30 seconds, someone tweeted back at me going, hey, learn your facts. You know, we already used all three subs. And I, I was just like, not apologetic at all. I'm like, hey, sorry, man. I fucking fell asleep because this match was so goddamn boring. <laughs> well, also, um, Gary Cahill got injured early on, so that's how that's where they used the first sub. You know, I, I yeah, yeah. I forgot about no, that. No, like, like I saw Cahill get subbed, but, like, Sam, this was the first time in my life. And, like, we live in L.A., so whoever's not listening to this in L.A., if you're anywhere else, a lot of our kickoff times are at 7 a.m. local time or sometimes even 4.30 a.m. local time. Yeah, we put on for a the, lot of work. Dude, we do. And for the 4.30 games, I never, like, I doze off here and there, but it's, like, to the point where, like, like my eyes are closing, they're closing, I drop my head a little bit, and then I pop right awake, right? Like, I never enter sleep. I think I entered, like, like REM sleep <laughs> during the Leicester game. You're, like You're going through REM? I had a dream, and it was an erotic one, but oh. it was a dream nonetheless, and it was during a football match, so... Anyways, See, um, when you said I had a dream, I felt like that would have been great for when we recorded on Monday for MLK Day, but then uh, you had to ruin it with the erotic dream part, so. No, 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 it was, uh, I don't want to get into details, but yeah, anyways. Tell me later, I'm actually interested. But... Um, I'm happily in a relationship. Uh, so <laughs> we had Tebow. Yeah, right? That's what you were dreaming of? I thought, uh, yeah. Alright, so let's yeah. talk about, uh, okay. complete the fifth. <laughs> complete the fifth. We had, we had, we had Tebow Courtois on goal, um. Antonio Rudiger, Aspie, and Cahill in the back line. Cahill playing in the middle of the back three. Alonzo and Moses out wide. Uh, Bakayoko, Ngolo Kante, and Cesc Fabregas. Three-man midfield yet again with Hazard and Morata up top, isolated. Um, so for the first time in club's history, Chelsea have had three consecutive nil-nil draws, as I said before. Let that sink in for a second. Um, and for the first time in 25 years... Chelsea failed to win their first three matches of the new year. Mm. So failed, failed to win one of the three, right? We are breaking all the wrong records here. Um, so, but records, I, yeah. I think I, I think before we talk about like you know what Chelsea needed to do um, to pull a result out of this match, I think we got to give credit where credits due, right? Like this was a very organized, mm-hmm. uh, a very tactically astute, very disciplined. And somewhat threatening Leicester side, um, they they executed their game plan to perfection. Um, Vardy and Okazaki, I want to say something about Shinji Okazaki really quick. I always forget that he exists. We didn't even talk about him in our in our preview. We didn't no, 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 we we didn't mention him at all. But but that's that's this is why. Like I always forget he exists. But whenever I watch him play. He always amazes me. Like, he is a coach's dream, right? Hardworking. He puts in a really tough shift. He's physical. He doesn't let, 
you know, his his size dictate the way he plays. He bumps people around. He gets down and dirty. And he, and he, and he plays for the team. He's one of those team guys. He's he's kind of like their Pedro in a way, where he's yeah. just like a workhorse that, you know, gets gets the odd goal. But um, he, he does a really good job behind Vardy. I mean, when they, have, when they play together. Um, oh, my God. Just, that, that, they, the, the two-man press sometimes feels like a three- or four-man press yeah, when it's just them two up top. And sometimes it feels like a four- and five-man press when they get Mara's included in that as well. Um, yeah. All Brighton, yeah. too. I mean, both of them cutting inside. Um, Mara's just dominated that spot between Rudiger and Alonso. I mean, just took advantage of it and made it his claimed that territory is his no problem um they were imperious i mean him in general um i think you know with, we, we're gonna get into the transfer rumors a little bit but i mean there is there's talks about mares i mean going to liverpool but i mean isn't isn't he a type of player that we should be pursuing i mean instead of uh guys like yes Hero? instead of shitheads <laughs> absolute shitheads like yeah. look look it, it makes absolutely zero sense to me why we're willing to splash out upwards of 20 million for a player a shithead like Andy Carroll and not just spend an extra 20 or 30 million on a guy like Ryan Mara like I know I know it sounds really spoiled like we sound like spoiled talkers oh spend an extra 20 30 million Ryan Mara's is class like there's just no other way to put it he always causes problems, and he's one of those players that can hurt you in more ways than one. When he cuts in off that left foot, you know he's going to go to the left, and you still try to stop him, but somehow he still gets to his left foot and makes things happen. Like He's just he, he's a special player. I've always been a big fan of his. And Again, like Jamie Vardy, this is the type of striker we need, especially for our playing style. Yeah. We sit back, and if we want to be defensive and hit teams on the counter, guys like Jamie Vardy has pace to burn. Right? Yeah, I mean, we might as well change our name to Leicester City, too. I mean, we have a yeah. and Drinkwater as well. We might just steal their whole squad from them. Look, so, I mean, but we're, we're funding their team for the next couple of years, so you're welcome, Leicester City. But, but, but I think that's actually a compliment to how good that team was. Yeah. You know, like they had, they had quality players all over the pitch on that team. And, you know, we were fortunate to pick up two of them, and one of them is, in my opinion, the best defensive midfielder in the world. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think it's that far fetched to say. No, but anyways, um, I, I, I want to get into this Gary Cahill thing because mm. the second he went down, the first thing that popped in my head is like, ooh, this is interesting. I wonder how the Twitter world feels about this because he gets a lot of shit. And if any of you have listened to our podcast before, you know that I am the biggest Gary Cahill fan. I think he's been one of the most amazing servants for the club in recent history, and I think he should be treated like nothing less than a hero because he's won everything there is to win at the club. So he did go down with a hamstring injury. I think it was about 15 minutes in or 16 minutes in. Um, but then we brought in Andreas Christensen. I just wonder how big of a loss it's going to be. For me, I, I mean, um, Antonio Conte came out later to say that this is not that serious of an injury, so he's not going to be out for too long. And I think that you know, obviously, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough not playing with him because of what he brings, as opposed to the other center backs that we have. But um, I think we do have a lot of depth in that position, and if it was any position to get injured, um, center back would be probably. I mean, I wouldn't say the best, but you know, I would rather have someone, one of our center backs, get in, hurt than 
you know, someone in our midfield where it's really, really thin right now. So, you know, we can have another guy. We can have Rudiger step in. Um, I mean, Christensen, of course, he's he's been in our best lineup so far. So he's already got a starting spot. So, I mean, and David Luiz also making his return. So he's, he's getting he's getting some playing time, too. So I'm not too worried about that. No, like, I agree. I think we have depth, but I just think Gary Cahill, Gary Cahill, well, I think Gary Cahill has something to offer us that none of the other center backs do, and that's extreme physicality. He's, he's always the strongest man on the pitch, and, and he's a monster. Like, he's tall, he's big, he's strong, and, and he's English, and he understands the importance of your average league match against the mid-table side. Hey, do you know who, um, do you know who knows about the average league match? Uh, in the Premier League, who? Andy Carroll, shithead, and you're a shithead for mentioning yeah, him. I need, I, I, I gotta defend him. I mean, he, I think, I think that you know, we, well, we'll talk about it later. But I need to defend. Uh, him. We, 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 we will, we will dive into it. But, um, yeah, like going back to the whole Gary Cahill thing. Like, yes, we, we are deepest in center back in the center back position. Um, if you were gonna ask me what position we could afford to lose a man in, but. Um, I mean, it's Gary Cahill. He's one of our captains, and that's always not going to be good news when you hear one of them go down for whatever period of time, whether short or long. Um, I, I, I want to bring up Hazard and Sask in this match because uh, I think out of all of the players that played for Chelsea in this match, these two were the most invisible, and it was obvious. Um, was it a matter of them not having a day or – were they tired? I think they looked tired, but I don't think they looked tired physically. I think they looked tired mentally. Um, I think I think they're kind of low on confidence and they're mentally shattered. I mean, they're playing two matches a week for the last month or so, um, and they've always been one of the first names on the team sheet. So, you know, that mental fatigue could take a toll. But if you ask me, should that be an excuse for a player? I really don't think so. Like a lot of people think that, you know, the Premier League should have this winter break. And I'm one of those people that do agree. Um, but they don't. And that's the reality. And these players have to deal with it. And you're talking about two guys that have played in the Premier League for long periods of time already. They should know this. And for them to be absent from a match like this and being so blatantly poor is borderline unacceptable. And I think Conte took note of that when he packed both of them off with 55 minutes to go. Like, look, I love both of them to death and I'm never going to talk shit about them, but they just were not having their day. And on Saturday, I hated them for one day. Yeah. But um, you, you know, a player who I hate more than one day and who also played really, really poorly. And I think worse than both Hazard and Cesc combined was Vakioko. Um, oh god i think i mean he, he's i think it's safe to say he looked like a chicken uh with his head cut off running out there i mean he only made 49 passes all match you know while sitting at the center of a two he played the full 90 game. he played the full 90 49 passes i mean just look watch the game watch the game look at the way he recovers after we lose the uh, possession of the ball there's no pace at all he's not running no urgency he's literally jogging back I mean, he's got awful body language. Like, it's honestly, it's it's like, I don't mean to sound like over dramatic, but it's disgusting. Like, I hate. I'm done playing. In my opinion, I'm done playing with a three-five-two with him in the lineup. 
Like, let's get on with the 3-4-3 again. Start William or Pedro or both of them. Just someone who can actually contribute to our club today. Because, I mean, I'm not I'm not going to completely throw out Bakayoko's uh, perspective for the future. Because, I mean, he is a very young player and he's getting used to the Premier League. But, I mean... I just I think we I don't think we can be playing him right now like at this point in time because he's just he doesn't have the confidence and he doesn't have the the skill and everything to play in this level I think. No, I I disagree completely. Um with what point? With the the latter that he doesn't have the skill to play in the Premier League. Like look. The guy is what 6 foot 2 um when he's trying, he that's has pace to burn. He's physically though. dominant. Yeah. No, no, no. But, 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 but he has raw. these. He's very raw. He is very raw. I completely agree. But look, I think he has something to offer to the club. But I just think it's a matter of him sitting out a match or two and just resetting himself. And maybe this Ross Barkley purchase is a blessing in disguise. And maybe oh, yeah. it could give Conte the option to do that and just kind of, I mean, so you don't just kind of leave him out of the. You don't disagree with me. You're just wording it a little bit differently because I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, 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 I just, I just think that I just think a different perspective needs to be made. Yeah. When it comes to Bakioko. But I'm, I am really excited to bring in Ross Barkley. I just can't wait for him to make. His oh premiere. God. I mean, I mean his, his debut. He's, I feel like he's just been injured so much lately and just been not, not anywhere near Everton's first eleven yeah. that people kind of let him slip through the cracks and have seemed to forget about him last season he was fifth in the league uh in uh chances created created the mo- fifth most chances the only people ahead of him were erickson de bruyne ozil and uh hazard so I mean, that's not that, and he only had like 20 less than erickson so that's nothing to scoff at i mean no i mean that's an elite list of of, of playmakers in the premier league i mean Erickson and De Bruyne, definitely, I think they're one and two. And Ozil making that drop, you know, obviously. This why do you keep the... Why do you keep bringing up the names of various shitheads? <laughs> He's on the list. He's number three. Like, what am I, I don't what care. Am I skip him? All right, I'll skip number you three. Have to, we'll you always have to. Hazard. Okay, so um, I just I, I just want to go back to uh, I just want to go back to Bakayoko really quick. Yeah. Um, he's coming from a Monaco team who played in a system that was very simplified. And I mentioned this in the Balls to the Wall podcast and 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 just fast me, you know, like what exactly is going on with Bakioko and what's what's your perspective on what's going on? And and I, I guess it was always been a subconscious thought, but that Monaco team was very simplified. Four four two with two very creative wingers and two clinical forwards. Their MO was very simple. It was get the ball out wide and get out of their way. And with Chelsea, I, we're asking him to fulfill a role that he really can't do. I mean, we're lacking that goal-scoring midfielder, and I feel like Bakayoko is just trying to compensate for it. He gets himself in good positions, but just has zero uh, finishing ability, which is fine because you, I mean, you said it. He's still raw and he's still young. But I think he has something to contribute to the club. I mean, maybe not now, and, but 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 maybe in the future. Um, I'm. I, really confident that he'll wind out becoming a success yeah i think so too. um i just want to i just wanted to get it off my chest because it's really it really bothers me when people coat players off and i just i kind of want to address it now when fans boo the players and the team what is that how is that going to improve 
the 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 performance in a second half? Or how's that going to improve the performance going into the next match? What do you think it does to the player's psyche? I know Thibaut Courtois said something about it um, after the match and said, you know, something along the lines of like, you know, it's not right for the fans to boo them. And and damn straight, I wish more players actually spoke up and and called the fans out. Look, if if your team is going through a dry spell and they're struggling and it's blatantly obvious, similar to what we're going through, and you're going to have the nerve to spend money on a ticket, get your ass all the way into Stamford Bridge, sit your sit your ass in the seat, and then boo them when the final whistle blows, regardless of the result, you're not a fan in my book. And you're I think, not. I think there there's is, a huge... Sorry, go ahead. I, I, sorry, I just, it's, I'm just like nah. kind of teed off about this because I think there's a huge difference between booing your team and moaning and groaning and throughout exactly, the course of the match. That is exactly what I was going to say, actually. I was going to say that, you know, it's 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 honest, it's a natural reaction when, like, for example, you know, Eden Hazard, just like four or five times in a row in the first half, he had this awful, awful, like, run where he would just, every time he got the ball, he passed it directly to the other team. And I was like, I could not believe what I was seeing. And my reaction was to say, like, what's going on, like, groaning. And Tony Gale, I mean, this guy, the, the commentator, he is such a biased Chelsea hater. I mean, what's a giving... what's a good word? What's a good word to describe him? <laughs> I think uh, I think you know the word. I think you've used it a couple times this uh, this podcast. What is it again? A shithead. Yeah, he definitely he he fulfills that criteria. Um, he he is such a Chelsea hater. I mean, he's. Yeah, he's played. For, he played for for West Ham, so I mean, it's it's understandable back then. I mean, I I, I mean, what do you what the hell? He's he's giving Chelsea fans shit for, you know, groaning after our best player is playing awful. Like, what do you what what does he expect us to do? Like, stand up and cheer? Like, you know, like yay, our best player can't complete a single pass. Like, I mean, what does he expect? You know, I, I think that they, yeah. the only reason why they even put him on the air is because. There's so many other Chelsea haters uh, out there. They in like America, to, or I mean, in the rest of England as well. They don't, you know, we're not, we're not. If you're not with us, you kind of hate us. So, um, you know, yeah. they they agree. They, I'm sure they agree with a lot of things Tony Gale says, but I I think it's I don't I I usually just listen to it on mute when he's when he's commentating. He sucks. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know we're going to get into our final thoughts for the game, and I just kind of want to jump into it. That was, my, because, that was my final thought. Like, I, 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 hate, I don't like Tony. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a mind. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, this is more of like a public service announcement, but like, I'm urging Chelsea fans to not freak out. A lot of people are going out on Twitter and saying, we need to go and find a new coach. You know, we need to purchase so and so. We need to go after Alexi Sanchez and pay him four hundred thousand a week until he's thirty-four years of age and give him twenty million a year and all this nonsense. Look, we're fourth in the table. It's still mid-January, right? Um, right. We are still in two cup competitions, one of which is we're in the semifinal, right? Um, right. we still have chances for success this season and we still have a lot to play for i think this current generation of chelsea fans um especially since you know the premier league started getting aired uh, more frequently in the u.s um and with this tv deal with nbc and everything like 
a lot of these Chelsea fans haven't experienced Chelsea at their worst. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say I watched Chelsea when they were in the second division or in the early 90s or in the Zola days because I was honestly too young. Mm -hmm. But I could understand that sentiment that, you know, we're a club that almost bought its way to the top, even though we're not exercising um, that philosophy now. But I'm just urging Chelsea fans, like, chill out, relax. Like, it's not the end of the world if we don't win the league or if we don't win the Champions League or if we don't win the FA Cup. Or the Carabao Cup. Um, look, here's where I stand with everything. And for those slating off Antonio Conte, by the way, I just want to say this. The guy won us the fucking league last year with a broken squad that was patched up by a bunch of random players that we've never heard of before. Raise your hand if you've heard of Marcus Alonso before last season. I'm not raising my hand. Raise your hand if you think Victor, you would have saw Victor Moses wearing a Chelsea shirt again. Raise your hand if you would thought you saw Victor Moses in a starting 11 on a championship winning that, Chelsea side. That's the 11. It never, it never would imagine that. And, and, and here's the thing. He has done the most he could do with this squad. And for the board to ask him to do it two years in a row is, is fucking ridiculous. And, and, and it's not right. It really isn't. We have a class manager on our hands that we're not backing, who still hasn't signed a contract. We were still pretty unclear on his future. There's absolutely zero transparency between the club and the fans. Stop slating the guy. Yeah, like I mean, to be fair, I mean to play devil's advocate a little bit, we didn't have Champions League last year to deal with, so a lot less games to be played. And also, um, but if since you look, a World Cup season. I mean, World Cup year, the season's more compact, and you know the games are closer to each other, so. I mean, it, it's, that's it's understandable. Both, an both ways, you know. That, that that's completely understandable. But but I'm not going to sit here and say that Antonio Conte has the squad to to last throughout the whole season with no new additions. Oh, that yeah. that's just utter not that's what nonsense. I'm it, go, it goes both ways. I mean, you can yeah. say that like you know, last year he didn't have that much deal with, so like you know, he had a better chance to win the league. But you know, this year we're expecting so much for him in a season where the team is playing so many more games and it's a much more compact season that, you know, I think our, our expectations should be not as high as a lot of fans are, you know, for him. Yeah. Look, I mean, I guess I, I, I guess I keep beating around the bush and I keep going on tangents, but my final thoughts are we're still in plenty of cup competitions and we still have a lot to play for and we need to put our head down and, and, and focus on one, making a champions league next season, finishing it in the top four, we need to focus on giving Barcelona a hard time in the Champions League. We need to focus on the Carabao Cup and the FA Cup. Our season is still up for grabs. Yes, one trophy might be gone. And I think everyone will admit that. But we still have a lot to play for. Anyways, let's get into Chelsea versus Norwich because we wasted a lot of time talking about that. So, um, man, I'm just going to give a quick background on this game. I coach I, I I coach a middle school soccer team and we had a game um and I had to leave right as extra time started um and or the first period of extra time at least and I was only expecting to see 90 minutes um so I didn't get to see the extra time so I know Sam's going to take that away but I did see the regular time and anyways we'll dive into the lineups we got Willie Caballero um in goal 
I think we should call him Saint Willie Caballero after um, the penalty shootout. But we got we had Dave, um, David Luiz returning to the lineup. Ethan Ampadu um, started this match too, which is very interesting. Um, along Luis with the yeah, yeah twinsies. Um, so we got a uh, we returned our three four three. We had a uh, Bakioko and Drinkwater in the midfield. Sapacosta on the right, Kennedy on the left. And then Pedro and William playing right behind Michi Bachuai. So well, Zach, um, we did it. Took two red cards, nine penalties, 214 minutes. But we managed to beat the team that placed 13 in the championship last year. You know, Wow. We did it. Phenomenal. And, and what, what goal drought are you talking about? Six goals in one game? What what goal drought? Bring, bring on Barcelona. We're ready. Six I'm goals. Oh, six. you're counting the penalties as goals, six huh? Six goals. Is that what we do now when we when we have three nil nil draws in a row? I'll take I think anything. we just like I will take we, at this point. we look at the bright side. Um, but 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 let let's look at the bright side. So I started taking notes about uh, on Michi Bachua in the first half, and and and, and here's here's my bullet points. I'm going to read them exactly the way I wrote them while I was watching the game in the first half. Okay, first bullet point. It's clear he's done, at least for the year at Chelsea. Second bullet point. No confidence. Giving the ball away. Fouling opposition players. Lack of movement in the final third. Next bullet point. But he scores a fucking goal. <laughs> and I so, think that first half was so boring. If it weren't for that one Kennedy Meg. Oh my god. Dirty. So, if yeah. If it weren't for that, that, that would have been one of the worst halves of soccer I would have ever seen, you know. But that was we, – we, I don't know how many notes he took on Kennedy, but I thought he looked so good today. But um, go back to Michi. Again, uh, I, I mean we'll, go, we'll get into Kennedy, but yeah. you know, his goal is very reflective of the type of player he is. And, I, and, and it doesn't take a genius to see that he's purely a poacher. Did you think, and, did you think that Michi like, purposely hit it that high and tried to hit the roof of the goal? He almost missed that. No, 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 no. But I think the way the ball was, the the speed and the trajectory, I mean, you you just look at like the actual like science behind the way the ball was moving. There's no way he's going to fucking miss that shot. Like, give me a break. Like, what what, I mean, but it was, he was a couple couple feet away, a couple inches away from missing the goal completely. I mean, what would would your reaction have been if you missed that one? (laughs) I don't want (laughs) to. I don't want to think what my reaction would have been. You know what my reaction would have been? You know what it wouldn't have been? Let's go sign Andy Carroll. That's my reaction. <laughs> Look, he's he's basically uh, Michi's basically useless everywhere except from the penalty except in the area between, you know, the penalty spot and the goal. Um that's just who he is. He he scores ugly goals for a living and unfortunately um, we haven't been scoring a lot of ugly goals lately and haven't really needed and, and haven't really been getting the best out of him. Um, but you know, like we've seen Conte get the best out of players who maybe weren't standards last season. And I think it, it just begs the question why he can't get the most out of them this season. And I think he already got most out of them last season because he won the league asking him to do it again is nonsense like it makes zero lo- it's it, there there's zero logic involved um don't even like i don't i don't want to get started on 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 andy carroll again um but like this is just 
add, it's nonsense, Tom. It's nonsense. Andy Carroll. I mean, what you you complain about how Murata and Nishi they they they're not physical enough for the Premier League, but you give shit to Andy Carroll, who's a brute. I mean, this is the kind of guy that you need on your on your team, you know. Look, <laughs> besides besides jumping over people and getting injured and, and knocking and, over the occasional a center back, bicycle kick last year against uh, I think it was Stoke. Come on, that was Tom, do sick. not. Well, against Crystal Palace, it was. And do he's not been hit with an injury bug lately, you know. Do not feed into the hype, and he hasn't been hit with an injury bug lately. Yeah, he he's been hit with an injury bug his whole entire yeah, career. True. I think, I like, I still have this really vivid memory of Andy Carroll, and I think this is when my hatred for him started. <laughs> was when we were playing Liverpool at the Bridge, and they brought Andy Carroll on in injury time, and he hit the top crossbar. And the ball crossed the line. Like, it should have been a goal, but the ref didn't rule it a goal. And I think we wound up tying that game, I'm pretty sure. But I just remember him bitching and moaning. And and, and since the ref didn't allow that goal, he just ran around the pitch kicking the shit out of all of our players. And ever since then, I'm like, man, this guy's a shithead. (laughs) But look, um, we should move on. There were bright spots in this game, and besides what you already mentioned, Kennedy was one of them. William and Pedro um, started out the match really strongly, creating chances left and right, interchanging, um, linking up play. Um, I mean, it baffles me why Conte hasn't opted to play them with Murata because they're capable of playing these flicks and tricks and and and. and like, like, like it comes off, and, and so is, and so is Murata. Murata's really good with his feet in that respect. Um, I'm yeah, picking my words wisely. We're gonna need um, them to play a lot when, uh, when Hazard goes to Real Madrid, right? It's just looking worse and worse, isn't it? Sorry, yeah, I didn't, I don't want to say that. I forget I said that, but uh, yeah, but you know, like yeah, I, I just especially think, William, I think looked really good. I think in this game he played amazing. Um, he's been in good form for a majority of the season, but just hasn't been called upon. And he's, I think he's been the sacrificial lamb in this 3-5-2. All right, so, I mean, next round, we play Newcastle. So, um, they aren't doing too well, again, in uh, in the championship. But, I mean, they're up, they'll, they will be up for a cup again. So, I mean... This we cannot afford to play like the way we played against Norwich and against Newcastle. No, because one, they're an actual Premier League side, and two, because it's the magic of the FA Cup, man. Anything can happen. We do not, we do not want to take any matches from here on out lightly. Um, and we, we just, it, it's simple. If we put in another performance like we put in today. Or like we put in last week when we played Norwich in the first leg, we're we're going to be very disappointed. Mm-hmm. That simple. Yeah, I I said Newcastle's in the championship. I meant to say Premier League. Right now. How about um, how about let's talk a little bit about Bakayoko and Drinkwater. Um, in this game. In this game, I mean, I don't. I already had my rant about Bakayoko. I talked about about Drinkwater. I don't want to be like you know repeat myself, but do you have anything you want to add about them? Yeah, I'm very very confused when it comes to Bakioko and Drinkwater as a pairing. I couldn't tell if 
Danny Drinkwater was not was not making an impact defensively, or was or, or it, like I mean the alternative is he was just covering for Bakioko because Bakioko was literally playing like he had absolutely zero desire. <sighs> Begin my rant, okay? Um, look, it drives me fucking mad when I see a player wearing a Chelsea shirt out on the pitch, not putting in any sort of positive effort. That's all I'm going to say about Bakioko. Because today, that's what I saw. I saw a guy who looked low on confidence, who looked like he had no idea what he was doing, and who was putting in zero effort. Chelsea fans are not that brutal in hindsight. You look at players, big purchases, um, um, people that actually put in effort, but their performances weren't really up to par. Did we ever slate them? No. Did we ever bag on them? Did we ever destroy them? I don't think so. If they put in an effort, that's the minimum requirement for Chelsea fans to get behind you. And my, my plea to Bakioko is give us something to get behind you for. Like if you're low on confidence, that's fine. If you're just not informed, that's fine. If you're going through a dip, that's fine. If you're mentally fatigued, I know, I know it's kind of contradicting what I said earlier, but I mean, at, at least that's better than you not trying at all. And, and it just drives me crazy to see that. Give us something to get behind you for. That's all it takes. We went after Fernando Torres, record, record signing. Huge disappointment if you look at his career. For Chelsea, at least. Huge disappointment. But did the fans get behind him? Fuck yeah, they did. Because we knew that there was a player with quality in there who was just low on confidence. And he gave us effort. He gave us effort. Bakioko has the first part. We know there's a player in there. We know there's something he can, he can contribute, but there's zero effort. I hate this trotting back when he loses the ball. I hate it when I see young players, just like him because he's only 22, fly by him in the midfield and just completely bypass him like he's not even there. It just... Yeah, Zach, since we, 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 we spent a lot of time talking about these these matches, uh, we're about 50, min 50 minutes in, but I just want to get into the extra time because... That's where, I mean, right before the, the extra time, I mean, Murata got subbed in, uh, and he missed a sitter, another one, and right after that, Norwich sco scored on a really, really nice header equalizer, and right in the in dead time, 94th minute, um, I mean, but, so we had to play, you know, an extra 30 minutes, um, just a couple more chances that Murata had that were right in front of the goal went again right to the goalie. Um, I mean, you're, it's 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 getting to the point where it's like really getting frustrating. And then you know, Willian, it was it was it was embarrassing. It was a little bit embarrassing this game, but Willian got a yellow for diving when there was contact. Um, and and inter interestingly enough, sorry to cut you off, but I actually saw um, a, a clip of the interview of, of Tim Closa, their center back, the one that actually um, supposedly tackled Willian, using my air quotes, and 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 he even said that it should have been a penalty and that they got away with one. Just just throwing that out there. So VAR, fuck you. Yeah, I mean that's the, that's the whole point. That's what I was gonna get to. I mean, because I mean the, I think the Pedro dive that was that was a that was a dive. He didn't get touched, but. 
I mean, what is the point of having VAR if they're not going to use it? You know, like that was for sure. I I think he he had contact. If if it wasn't a penalty, it was not a dive. You know. Yeah. But still, um, I mean, then again, we put in Hazard in the hundredth minute. Like that's just how desperate we we were. Um, and another in Murata. At one point, he got fouled in the middle uh, of the field, and I mean, he he got brought down, and he does this a lot, where he just goes down really easily, and he got a yellow for, or he got talked to. I'm sorry by the ref. Um, they he gave him a foul, no card or anything, but um, you know, he made a run to the box, got brought down. I mean, again, by his standards, being brought down, I guess, is not very doesn't take a lot of force, but uh, he got the yellow. So the third player in the extra time to get a yellow card for diving and um he was frustrated i mean rightfully so and got into the ref's face and got a red card um two yellows so um one of the craziest 30 minutes of soccer i've seen i mean i don't know how to feel about it to be completely honest i'm just i'm I'm just shocked that uh caballero didn't get a yellow card for his diving save the, for that first penalty honestly um because that was that was diving too, right? But uh, but seriously, uh, you know, I I don't know I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was it was a it, we we ended the game with nine men, um, because Pedro got another red card. It was it was ridiculous. It was it was a pretty weird ending. But um, the fact that we I've ne- I've never seen a team more or yeah I was gonna say more unenthusiastic, but a better way to say it would be less enthusiastic about winning a penalty match like Hazard put the ball down he, he scored the game winning penalty just like walked up to it and kind of hit it in and like no celebration from anyone like usually when you win a penalty shootout you run and you know you get you jump on each other but there's like just like they're jogging a high five and like they're like Shh, we should have just won that earlier like this should not have even gone to yeah penalties. <laughs> I think that's what everyone was thinking these guys are professionals. They know that they should have closed out the job. I mean, you pretty much said everything that I feel about it. It was absolutely crazy and haywire and, and fill in the blank. But if, if you ask me my final thoughts for the game, I thought we should have lost 3-1. I think they hit the post twice. Listen, Oliveira's a really good player. A really good player. And, and, and the whole time I was sitting there, I was just thinking to myself, like, man, this guy would be a really sneaky buy. You could buy from a championship side for pretty cheap and, and he could actually produce something. Um, but, but Caballero saved us in a 1v1. I think it was, uh, Drinkwater gave the ball away right at the top of our 18 towards the end of the second half. And then Bachuai gave the ball away in the first half and Oliveira hit the post, but the replay showed that Caballero actually got fingertips on it. Yeah. I mean, um, he, played, he was, I think he was our man of the match, to be completely honest. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, a hundred, a hundred percent. You know, like I think Norwich will feel hard done by. I think they played really well and they should have at least scratched a goal or, or, or another goal or two in this game. Um, you know, I, I, I want to mention really quickly. I thought Ethan Ampadu looked really solid in this game too. He looked like he was. He looked like he's been in the squad for years, um, and, and and it's very similar to the mold of Andreas Christensen in terms of composure. But I mean, do you have anything else to add to this game? Uh, just the, something funny. I mean, the way the way Caballero was playing, I was like thinking in my head, like just for a split second, I was like, man. I mean, honestly, if if uh, Courtois ends up leaving, like. 
I don't know how I, how, like, you know, I would feel okay with Caballero in goal. And then I remembered, oh, he's 36 years old already. He doesn't yeah. have the, that much time left. But he's, I mean, a, he's an old man. He's been around the block, but he played really well. Um, yeah, yeah. He's an old man. But, you know, he, he's, again, if, if Chelsea has been getting one thing right in a transfer window year in and year out, it, it's been our backup goalkeepers. I mean, we've been blessed. We had Peter Cech, Asmir Begovic, Willie Caballero, back to back to back. That's more than anyone else could ask for. Yeah, and I think my last point this kind of a uh, uh, segues into our transfer portion, but I'm just really I'm I'm, in, I'm interested and curious to see what happens to Kennedy um, the rest of this month um, if if he stays, if he gets loaned out, what goes on on with Kennedy? Because I think he had a good match, but you know, obviously defensively. Well- yeah, defensively he lacks, and I don't think one good performance is going to change the way Antonio Conte thinks yeah. about him, especially against a championship side. But, he has, but he, has, he's, he has talent, you can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think he's of Premier League quality. It's just... ...as to whether he's like a mid-table quality or a lower... Unfortunately, it was that game. Uh, he was sitting up in the stands, and the second the TV panned to him, I threw up in my mouth, um, to be completely honest. And then I prayed to God that Michi Bachuaya would keep sneaking up the joint um, so that he would be turned off by any potential swap deal. To be completely um, honest, Zach, uh, most of the thing that you said, um, there was a little bit of a delay, and you couldn't hear anything. And then the end of it, uh, all you heard was, and then I threw up in my mouth, so... We'll leave it. Yeah. Up. We'll leave it up to the fans to figure out what your whole point was. <laughs> it, it, David Moyes was up in the stands, and then <laughs> okay. I proceeded to say I threw up in my mouth, oh, or okay. actually I proceeded to throw up in my mouth. But whatever. Um, yeah. But um, yes, I mean, look, I, I don't want to say anything more about Andy yeah, let, Carroll. Let's, let's yeah, let's get into transfer news. Um, I, I I'm yeah, kind of just we already we done. talked about Andy Carroll, and I don't yeah. think, and I don't think that it's gonna happen on, anymore, honestly. I hear, we hear I hear mixed reports about it, but I don't know if it's really gonna happen. I mean, Chelsea is persistent, and uh, I would be happy, honestly, getting him. No, I don't know. I know you won't. He's not gonna, you know, we're not gonna get him. He's gonna be our new starting eleven. But I mean, putting him in for the end of the game, um, I'll be happy with that. It would. It's not gonna be a long term thing. It'll be a loan. But um, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, Richarlson. Richarlson. Yes. Because, yes. Uh, that's Thank I know. God. I know that's a name that you want to hear, and not. Oh. I I have never envied an opposition player more than I envied Richarlison when he played against us for Watford, even though he couldn't stick the damn ball in the back of the net for most of that game. But kid has quality. These are the types of guys we need to go after, man. Like I cannot stress that enough. He has every single attribute that you want in a young player. He's pacey. He has the movement. He has skill. He has strength. He has a technical ability. He's creative. And he's versatile. He could play as a striker. He could play in behind a striker. He could play out wide as a winger. Look, yes, go for it, Chelsea. Please, for the love of God, go for it. If this move was to happen, and I'm just speaking hypothetically, right? If this move was to happen, he would instantly become my favorite transfer in recent memory. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. You quote me. Yeah, I mean, I think if we get a player like him, that would be that would be really nice. 
but um, I think uh, Andy Carroll would be really nice too, you know. Sam, you you're being a real shithead right now, dude. And uh, yeah, I get that. One. <laughs> um, so let's. Uh, I mean, there, there there is this Alexi Sanchez nonsense, and like I know it's a couple days later, and like and you it's, know, it's settled. I mean, I think right at this point, the only thing that needs to happen is Mkhitaryan needs to agree to transfer um, to the to, to the. Uh, yeah, you fill in the blank. Yeah, my, yeah. Is that is that only thing we're waiting for? No, I'm, yeah. Pretty much, pretty much. I think I think Chelsea being linked with Alexis was just to poke fun at Mourinho and piss him off a little bit. Yeah, but no way, no way. Chelsea's the... trying to pay a 34 year old 20 million in his final year of his contract. No, it just doesn't happen. And other than that, I mean, we got the Ross Barkley. There isn't a lot of transfer talk for chance for Chelsea right now, which uh, no, no. Might worry a lot of fans because you know we are really thin right now and there's not a lot of people who can score or create chances or i mean if if, if eden hazard has a bad game our whole team is has a bad game that's how much we rely on him so you know not bringing in another player of his caliber is you know expected to be completely honest but i know a lot of chelsea fans are worried about that yeah um I, I think you're right. I, I think there's obvious squad holes. I, I know the uh, rumor of Emerson Palmieri from uh, oh, yeah, that's right. From uh, from Roma is getting linked with us. And see, that's the type of player that we should be going after. A player with European credentials, um, experienced and, and and versatile too. He could play as a left wing, like an out and out winger, or he could play as a wing back. I like him, and, and he gave us a lot of trouble um, breaking him down on the left-hand side in the match when we played against Roma at Roma. Um, but yeah, other than that, not too much going on. Um, we do have Brighton this weekend, though, and I know we're running out of time, and I really want to get into this. So we don't really need to say much about Brighton other than they've been struggling. As um, According to Ata Joe, they've only won one of their last 12 Premier League matches, and they actually failed to score in eight of them. Um, they're in 16th place in the table. Their little mini hot streak, um, to start the season is, has completely faded off and they're plummeting. Um, and the losses are coming thick and fast. Um, second lowest scoring team in a league behind Swansea, um, uh, because Sammy Abraham's injured, um, bias Chelsea fans speaking. Um, but, you know, 16 goals in 24 matches, they don't have much to offer. So, Three four three Conte, for the love of God. Please, let's try it out. Do Come not on. play defensive. Let's try it out. I mean, I know Go we played it. it all last year, so then we won the we won the league with it. So I mean, but still, you should just try it out. Just I mean, take my yep. word for it. It works. Take my word. For yes, it. yes, Absolutely. agreed. So, um, what's your prediction for the match? With all that um, being said, I mean, it, it is in Falmer Stadium, so I know Brighton's not too far, but, um. You know, it, it, it's not going to be an easy environment to play in, especially with a promoted sides crowd behind uh, their team's back. I think that um, my prediction would have been a little bit different had uh, had we lost today. I think I would have just been like, we're going to lose 5-0 because we suck. But um, thankfully we won. Um, and I think it's going to be a 2-0 win. 2-0 win. Yeah. You're Very not, nice. They're not gonna score on us. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two 0 as well. I think our squad's gonna look pretty leggy. 
and I think Ross Barkley is going to make his debut, and I think he's going to impress. That would be great. Yep, that would be great. Um, so with that being said, we have successfully completed our first podcast, not in person. Um, but uh, really quick before we sign out, make sure to follow our podcast. If you if you guys like us, um, follow us on SoundCloud, uh, Roman's Empire Pod, or on Twitter, at Roman's Empire Pod. Um, we have been working the Twitter game like crazy as of late. Most of the time, it's me tweeting, uh, me, Zach. Um, and you could pretty much tell whenever Sam tweets because he's a lot more censored than I am, I guess. Yeah. And he's a little bit more logical. Um, but hey, that's why we love the beautiful game because we're passionate. Make sure to follow us on iTunes too. If you guys have iTunes, um, that's probably the best way to listen to us. Uh, write some comments. Let us know how you feel about the pod. Even if you think we suck, let us know. Um, why would they think we suck? We clearly don't. <laughs> I was going to say because we suck. Oh. But yeah, anyways, um, Sam, it's been a, it's been a pleasure doing this for the second time in three days. Um, and until then. I think until this one then, was better than our last one. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it was, I think it was solid. I think it really was. Um, I'm actually happy with the result. Unlike, uh, uh, uh unlike, you know, the Chelsea okay. results as of late. Um, but anyways, um, we will see you guys next week and stay tuned for our next podcast. And uh, until then, keep the blue flag flying high.